Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. You do not need to wait to go to either. As soon as possible, you should get to both. (laughs) Amen? I know why everybody's at home with their home remedies and their home gyms. I'm like, there's a gym and there's a hospital. Come and get healed and come and get restored and come and get stronger. Amen? Come on. All right. We've been on a series called The King and Kingdom because we are part of a kingdom. Someone say, say kingdom. Shout, shout kingdom, say kingdom. He is king. We're part of a kingdom. And it's, it's interesting to discover that, that this thing we call church and this, this thing that we call Christianity it's not that it's larger than that. It's just that the context from the garden to revelations is, is about a kingdom. It's, the, it's a revelation of a kingdom. And it's why we love horses and castles, okay? So there you go. It's just that simple. And princesses and princes and all of it. Um, it it's, 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 uh, we're part of a kingdom. He is king. The problem is through the fall, something happened. And then Jesus, the second Adam, came and redeemed us, right? The first sin happened at a tree. The second happened at a tree. And brought in life. The problem is something happened and we might not know it. So the fullness of the kingdom is available, but it must be received. So just as we were given a choice at the tree in the garden and we partnered with a lie, we can now at the second tree partner with truth and receive Jesus and receive the kingdom. But he will not rule and reign over our will. Man, there's a lot of good quotes today. It's just it's just popping. I hope someone's Twittering, tw- Twittering these. <laughs> I hate social media. I'm trying to bear with it for the gospel. I, I feel like I'm digging a ditch. Every time I post something, I'm like, come to church. You know, all I ever do is if you see me on Instagram, it's basically no matter where I am, I'm like, come to church this Sunday. <laughs> all for the glory, uh, as long as social media lasts. But let's go to the book of Samuel. I want to I continue on talking about David. We're slowly trudging through, as we do in this church, um, through series. There's different highlights, there's different themes, there's different scriptures, there's different uh, messages that we talk about, but I believe in themes. I see themes in the Bible. We are part of a theme. The theme is 2,000 years. There's been the new covenant of, of, of Jesus, the new covenant by the blood, the covenant by the Holy Spirit. There's, there's a covenant that we're under. So when you read scripture, there's different covenants. I feel like just teaching the classes. There's different covenants. And so we, we see different, different uh, revelations of God that he lets us in on. And so we're living in a certain dispensation. We're living in a certain time period of a revelation of God. No one's seen the Father, but if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And we serve God who is three in one. Just that's no big deal, right? That's like, yeah, it's three in one. Absolutely. So there's a revelation that we don't understand. It's it's bigger, but yet it's also simple. God reveals Jesus. There's a simplicity in Christ. The fullness of the Godhead is in Christ. We've got to get our theology right. That's why we love this book. That's why we love this book. We're living in a time period 
that, that helps us understand how we relate to God. Why? Because that's what God has revealed about himself. And so when we read about Saul, that is man's choice. God allows us to have our choice. That's what we wrestle with all the time is we're on the boat with Jesus and there's a big squall. I got in squall today in my sermon. There's a big squall and we're like, Jesus, why don't you care? And he's like, why do you care? And there's a constant battle of my will and his will. He's more important in me seeing him. I'm more important in going, why did you allow this to happen? Why did you allow this to happen is often the theme of our entire lives. And Jesus says, I just want to show you who I am. I just need you to see Jesus. If you'll allow everything else to be in my hands, the, the, but, but that's the storm that we fight is what keeps us from going, I'm glad that you're sleeping in this boat, but, 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 oh, we can be God better than God. And that's Lucifer. That's Satan. That's, that's, I learned that in Bible college. If you say something differently, you sound smart, but I don't think I, I don't think I just sounded Lucifer. Lucifer said Habakkuk. It's Habakkuk. Habakkuk. It's Habakkuk. Anyway, say things different and you'll sound smart. But anyways, let's get to the, let's get to the word. Saul represents my will. David represents his will. Saul represents Saul, but Saul represents me. David represents David. David was real, but David represents Christ. I am me, but I am also Jesus. I was crucified with Christ. 2,000 years ago, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We don't feel comfortable saying, I represent Jesus, though, do we? We are the body of Christ. We have no problem saying, come to church, body of Christ, body of Christ, body of Christ, body of Christ, body, 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 hands and feet of Jesus. But are you still Christ by yourself? Yeah. You represent Christ by yourself. So that's why you have to get really secure and humble. So when someone goes, man, I see Jesus in you, you're like, you're welcome. You don't want that. You can't handle glory. You're not wired for glory. You can't handle it. You can't sustain it. So just, I hope you see Jesus because I'm a dead man walking, right? So I, I, I have a duality here, but this is the nature of Christianity. It's not mythology, it's theology. It's just beyond our pay grade. It's beyond our dispensation. Don't get me teaching. Do you remember waiting to be born? No. You were given consciousness by God. That's a proof of eternity. You just, you just, you just came to being and then you're done. It's a breath. And yet there's time and space and yet God is eternal. God will blow your mind about how real he is if you let him. Will you let the Holy Spirit show you who he is this morning because it was the Holy Spirit that birthed the church. We live in the dispensation, yes, of the cross and yes, of the Holy Spirit. All right, let's take a peek. Let's take a peek. First Samuel 17, I won't read all of this because we are losing time and we do live in time, so I would respect that. First Samuel, let's get to the tent. Let's get to the tent. Verse 31 of chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of Goliath, your servant, will. We talked about this last week. He didn't want to, but he was willing to go and fight with this Philistine. You've got to be willing to do some things. You can't wait around to want everything. You're never going to want to wake up at 5. I don't want to wake up at 5, but I'm willing. 
You're not able to go against this, said Saul. He's a Philistine. You can fight with him. You're a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep the father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came to take a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw. You'll start to notice this intersectionality of Jesus and me and Saul and me and Jesus and the Father. You know, David's slinging the sling and the rock, yet it's the battles the Lord's. Do you notice this sort of like, it's him, but it's me. It's me, but it's him. Where I end, he begins. But David's not praying against Goliath. David goes out and kills him. This is, this is that, this is that, this is that, this is his, he'll deliver me, through me, and he'll deliver me. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail, and David fastened his sword to his armor, and he tried to walk. This is so much of us, for he had not tested them. We're trying to walk in things that we've not tested. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand. Amen. I, I want to preach this morning on get in the tent. Get in the tent. Someone say get in the tent. Get in the tent. Get in the tent. So I always think a notebook that's saying get in the water. All right, let's. I've never seen that movie because it's a bad movie. But I've heard. I've heard. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for cheeseburgers. We thank you for Maui. We thank you for Cancun. We thank you for uh, food and clothing. And we thank you for the masters. And we thank you for all the fun things in life. We thank you for new jeans and new shoes and houses and swimming pools and, 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 and Teslas, Lord, and all the things. Uh, but, Lord, we thank you that there's, there's more than that in life. Thank goodness that we are not living for a, just another experience, even though those experiences are good. We thank you that you've given us life, but we thank you that you are life. We thank you that you've given us a life and a life more abundantly, God. We thank you that there's eternally significant things, and there's the duality of life. There's time and eternity. We thank you for the time you've given us, and we also thank you for the eternity that awaits us. We live somewhat in time, and yet we live in somewhat eternity, and therefore we pray, heaven, come to earth. What is is perfect. Let it come to our imperfect. We stand as intercessors on behalf of ourselves and others. We live the life you've given us, and yet we also lay it down. Help us with this tension, Lord, that we live in the spirit, and we live in the soul, and we live in the body. Give us hope by the Holy Spirit this morning. By your word, give clarity. Let Jesus be lifted up in this place that all men would be drawn to him. God, do what only you can do. Give us your word. Reveal Jesus in this place, leaving us never the same again. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. I think I was 16 um, years old and I was on, a, on my way to a mission trip. Well, let me, let me, let me preach this correctly. You, you got to get your story correct, okay? You got to get your story correct. You got to get your testimony correct. I didn't choose this. My, my parents chose it for me. 
We have to remember the context of the story. As David didn't say, I'm going to go bring my brother's lunch, his dad sent him. As parents, we got to remind ourselves that some things are not up for discussion, and some things you just need to tell your kids, what's up? You need to just send them to summer camp. You don't need to say, do you want to go to summer camp? Wrong question. David, bring your brothers some cheese and crackers and see how they're doing. His dad didn't believe in them, dysfunctional family. His brothers poisoned his food, dysfunctional family. And yet David could still stand and be honorable because honoring other people has nothing to do with them. I honor because I'm an honorable person. Amen? Trying to get a lot in today. So anyways, my parents sent me to a mission trip. I got to make sure. I went to a mission trip when I was 16. No, I didn't. My parents sent me. They sent me. I would prefer to be by the swimming pool in Sonoma, California with my friends. And so sometimes I tell the story and I forget. I went to a mission trip because the Lord called me. No, I didn't. My dad sent me on a cheese errand. He was like, get out of here. Go on a mission trip. So I found myself on a mission trip. I was excited, though. We were going to Bali and Jakarta, Indonesia, and Singapore. And so before the trip, we would get together with a team, about 50 young people uh, and some adults and leaders within Youth with a Mission, and we'd have like two weeks of prep, and then we'd go on this trip. So one night, we were having a prayer meeting, and this, this very prophetic um, pastor was there. His name was Israel, and he was from Fiji. And he, he was starting to pray, and, and we, were, we were having a, one of, you know, a meeting and a prayer meeting and a Holy Spirit meeting and prophecy meeting. And I, I love Jesus. I, I was a Christian. I was full of the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues. I felt the call of God on my life. I felt the gift being stirred in my life. I'd given Jesus my life. But I was by no means like, you know, like, yeah, this is where I want to be forever. I was like, I got about a 20-minute prayer meeting. I don't know if you've been in a prayer meeting, but it's like about a 20-minute, like, that was good. That was good, you know? It, so I was, like, feeling, feeling that, like, I think we're good, you know? So I was starting to tune out, thinking about cheeseburgers and, you know, thinking about, you know, a late-night swim or whatever. And, and, uh, but Israel started popping mints. And when Israel started popping mints, that means we got another two hours because he's, he's getting, yeah, he's popping mints, and he's going to start prophesying and praying over more people. And so I was like, oh, man, Israel's popping mints. Okay. I got to really, like, you know, get my fake on here in this prayer meeting. And pretend I'm receiving from God, and it's just powerful. But I was pretty much done. I was pretty much done. Israel called a couple of us out and lined us up in the back, and he kind of lined us up. I was like, "This is all new for me." I'm like, "I don't know. Is this straight enough for you? Like, what do you like? What is this? I don't know if there's a verse in the Bible about lining us up, but I'm whatever. I'm your humble servant, you know." And he's like, "You know, and and you forget, you know." teaching my kids golf, it's like, all right, just approach the ball and, and, and keep your head down, you know? And it's like, they're like well, no, you got to get your grip down. You know, sometimes we have to teach people, hey, kid, come before the presence of God, close your eyes, and close the door, that's your door, and sort of just take your body, your body takes cues, your soul takes cues from your body sometimes, just, and receive. When someone says receive, it's like, how do you do that, right? How do you, how do you receive, right? How do you take it, take it, you got it. Get high five after, you know, high five. All these South American revivalists used to come up and pray for us, and they'd be like, fuego, you know, fuego. You're like, fuego? Is it more powerful if I say it in Spanish? Or mas, mas fuego. And so, anyways, all I remember is I, like, took a peek. I snuck a peek, and Israel was, like, right about here, and I don't remember anything. I just was on the floor, my, on my back, weeping, just waves 
of the presence of God just flowing over my body, and I was never the same again. Is, is, it, oftentimes, one meeting with God can change your life. The Holy Spirit took hold of me, and everything changed. Everything changes in a meeting. One meeting, one meeting with God, and everything can change. I'm wondering if we've stopped meeting with God, and that's really really one of our main problems is is we're wondering why we're, we're so insecure there's so much fear there's so much doubt is it because left alone by myself all I've got is myself but if I can get into the meeting the Holy Spirit has a chance of of washing over me and changing my life if I can just get into the tent someone say tent I got to get into the tent the church is a tent prayer is a tent Reading the word is a tent. David meets with Saul in a tent. If he didn't get to the tent, he could not get onto the battlefield. He could not get the authority to go against Goliath. He would have been going in his own name, in his own authority. You have got to get the authority and the power and the acknowledgement and the okay from the king. And so you can't just go into battle and live on your own in your own authority and your own name. you got to get into the tent. Someone say tent. In the tent is where God meets with you. You've got to have a meeting. There has got to be a meeting of my flesh and his presence, my will and his will. God says if you can just get into my presence, my will will take hold of your will. My presence is stronger. My grace is sufficient for every sin. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more grace is not afraid of your sin you just got to get your sin in front of grace and that's why jesus said come boldly to the throne of grace there's grace for the humble why because when we're sinful we're often proud and we'll fix ourselves and we stay away from the tent but the holy spirit beckons us into the tent because it's in the tent that we meet in the presence of god and when you meet with god his grace washes you his word washes you his presence washes you his forgiveness if you can just get your kids into the presence of God, God will do the rest. If you can just get your kids. I love how we talk about camp as if it's some mysterious thing. I don't know. We got touched by God. We, did I say this? Was it first service or second service? I sometimes, they all just come together. You get, you get your kids to camp, and they're like, man, it was amazing. Camp was awesome. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes all it is, though, really, is like, is like, is like you take away your, te- your cell phone. We take away culture. We take away those friends you hang out with. We take a, your iPad, and we put you in the presence of God. And you put someone in the presence of God, the almighty, living, creative creator of heaven and earth and he will win he is the undefeated champ of the world (laughs) the presence of god is real are you willing to give the holy spirit a chance today to reveal who he is and let him take over your life every time you get into the tent david wins every time you get into the tent the word of god wins every time you get into the tent The presence of God will win. I don't care how heavy you are. I don't care how depressed you are. I don't care how lost you are. You get into the presence of God, even when one of the hardest seasons of my life in 2009, I got that someone asked me to speak at a youth camp in Monterey. It was the very last thing I wanted to do. Career change and finance change and kids and babies, and I just felt called to go. And, man, I tell you, went in there and preached. At the end of the camp, we're praying for kids and the Holy Spirit. Again, just boom. And I'm on the stage, and I'm just like, Psh. 
I'm out in, in, in the hardest moment. Well, I would say the hardest moment of my life. Both, both my mom's and that cancer and, I mean, just life. When it rains, it pours. It just is brutal. It can be brutal. And yet a peace that passeth understanding comes upon you. If you can just get into the presence of God, everything can change. It's amazing to me that this tent moment happened on the battlefield. I think, I think the enemy will fight you so bad to keep you from getting in the tent. Even right now, you're here, but you're not here. You're doing your taxes. You're thinking, did I record the masters? Did I, what are we going to do for lunch? If you can get into the tent, the enemy, though, will, your past and sin and guilt and shame will keep. You don't deserve this. You, don't, you shouldn't show up into this meeting. It's good enough that you just brought your body here. Don't get your soul and spirit in here. The enemy will fight you because if you get into the tent, which is always on a battlefield, that will fight you. Prayer meetings, getting your kids to church. Yeah, getting your family to church on Sundays is easy, isn't it? Everybody just wakes up at 6 in the morning with their shoes tied, and they're just, my kids are just dancing around the house, saying, better is one day in, the, in your courts than a thousand elsewhere, Lord. Dad, we're ready. Never. Sunday is the most resisted day of the week. Prayer time is the most resisted. Bible time, conversations about God, conversations about giving, about destiny, about anything to do with the plan of God over your young people. You preaching the gospel to your friend is resisted because the enemy knows if you get into the tent, God will take over and ruin your life for the good. He will. He will. There's no match for the Holy Spirit. If, if you can get into the tent... It's over. I love talking to kids too after camp. I hope I don't lose it. Hope I don't lose it. Ooh, who's it? You mean the force? It's cheesy. It's che- I used to say this to that. It's not a force to obtain. It's a relationship to maintain. I know it's from the '90s, but that's just kind of what God would give me to give. It's a relationship. You mean you you walked out of the tent? That's all. Don't treat this like it's Star Wars. Where did it, it go? He's right here, and, and, and you just got to meet with him, get into the tent. The tent's a battlefield. The tent's on a battlefield. Oh, I got to get through this. So David gets sent for. David, David is representing me. I'm David. I'm David. I'm David. I'm David. Say, I'm David. I'm David. I'm David. Saul sends for David. His will is something you respond to. David didn't sneak into the tent. David didn't, you know, scheme up a plan. David was sent for God will always send for you. You need to know you serve a God that is sovereign, that will send for you. He has a plan. He has a predestined plan. He has an idea for your life. You don't have to come up with it. You only have to discover it and receive it. Amen? That's a word for somebody. God has it. God has it. God has it. And he'll send for you. He'll send away. He'll send his grace. He'll, he'll open up a door. He'll send somebody. God is moving on your behalf. You need to know you serve a God who is moving. He is for you, not against you. And he will send for you. He's making a way. And God might even send me this, this morning to tell you some things. That, that's how much he, you need to know that God is sovereign over your life. He's even using this message 
to send something into your life even right now. All you got to do is say, here I am, king, is just respond. Everything you do is a response to your heavenly father. We even wrote a song here in this church because it's a conviction of this church that everything I do is in response. Peter, who do they say that I am? You're the Messiah. And Jesus said, the father has revealed it to you and you have responded. Everything in your life is simply a response to God. Your salvation is a response. Your life, your mission, your business, stop taking too much credit for it, Christian. It's God. The reason you got money is it's God. The reason you went to school is it was God. The reason I got married, I went to Tonga on a mission trip and boom, there's the most beautiful woman in the world. I wish I could take credit for walking a holy life and going on mission trips, but it was God. God gave me my wife. God gave me my kids. God gave me this ministry. It's a response. My life is a response. And I'm telling you, some of you are going to learn this and respond like you've never responded before. And life is going to start clicking. And the revelation of how big God is is going to become so, so magnanimous because you're going to realize, whoa, he's big. Remember when you were first saved and you were like, oh, he loves me. He's awesome. He's real. God's about to restore that first love in salvation. Why? because God's about to become big again you about to become small again and like David you just say I'm gonna magnify God because the bigger I make God the little I make me all I got to do is respond you are about to respond and your life's about to change someone say respond David said here I am David said here I am here I am Samuel all you got to do is just go before the presence of God say sir speak your servants listening Speak, your servants, listen. Here I am, here I am, here I am. Meet in the tent. Here I am. Just show up to the tent. Some of us have fought it so much. We're so good at walking past the voice of God that, that we go, man, I just wish you would speak to me. Oh, he is. You just keep walking past the tent. Just respond, respond. It's right there. Respond and receive. And then Saul put his armor on David. Saul put his armor on David. And David took it off. Because he had to be who he was. What authenticity will do for you is incredible. You're about to bring some honesty into your relationship with God that you've never had. It's about to be a game changer. You're about to bring some honesty into your marriage like you've never had. Either you are in covenant relationship, either you are in kingdom relationship, that is dependent upon honesty. You've got to be honest. You have got to be honest. Every relationship is built on trust which is built on honesty. They have to have your heart, and you have to have their heart. Now, biblical honesty is not based on blame. Your armor sucks, and I wanted you to know that's why I took it off. That was a real bummer that you put that on me. That's, it's not built in blame. It's not built on you, what necessarily what you have done. It's based on what he has done in my life. And so God has, is showing me. See, this is biblical honesty. This may be a little idealistic, but the idea is that I'm talking about me and what God is doing in me and what God is, he's talking to me and he's speaking to me and he's delivering me. And this is the kind of health that I want in my life, the kind of communication of vulnerability and humility and honesty and the life, the mission, the church, the Bible, the minute, the God, the giving, the generosity, the worship and the praise and the family. I see God just... And so you take some things off of you, but the communication, the honesty is built on what God's doing in you. It's not built on blame and how bad their armor is and why would they even, how dare they even put it on you. You're disgusted. 
and, and, and you're sending them messages and you're just blaming them. That's not necessary. That's honesty of the flesh. And so David takes it off. And it's very interesting what, what, what vulnerability, what authenticity. We all, we all, every single one of us, I think, the greatest, I think the greatest desire in the human soul is to know who they are. And we struggle with it. Right now you're struggling in some sense of identity. In some sense of who am I? I used to hate when people used to tell me, Isaac, just be who you are. Well, I don't know who I am. So how can I be who I am? And so we imitate each other, right? Even Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so that starts with imitation. It's, I used to preach like other people. And you learn from stuff. And you learn parenting things from other people. And you learn different life skills from other people. But at some point, it has to be you. God wants to show you who you are. He wants to set you free from trying to be like somebody else. The only reason we're awkward is because we walk in someone else's authenticity and God wants to break off stereotypes and things that people have put on you so that you can walk free according to what God has called you to be. God's about to set some of you free and you're about to walk in your God-given identity and security and you cannot be confident until you actually know the grace and gift upon your life. And once you discover that, you can start to walk boldly in who God has called you to be authentic to the to the identity that he created you and formed you in your mother's womb and he wants to break off all of the things that you or other people have put on yourself there's freedom in this room today to walk in who God has called us to be I, I that's I, I I never knew that I, I used to put my knee up and I saw myself on a VHS tape one time and I'm like well that needs to go I used to preach like this, too, a lot. So that's not good. You have to look at people. But I let this stay because this just, I just, I felt like that was okay. It's not an easy task to say what, what goes and what stays. What's, what's the God part that he created me to be? That's, that's, that's okay. Of course I want to be the best preacher in the world because I love this church. I want to bring great food. But I cannot imitate someone else's anointing. And so there's a death in me and there's a life in me. It's, there's a meeting. There's a meeting that needs to take place. And the more I can meet with him, the more I can know who I am. And my struggle is not what I think. The struggle is I got to get in the tent more. I got to get in the tent more. And the problem with the armor is the armor's not bad. David would eventually wear armor. We Saul put some satanic, you know, cloth on him with a pentagram, like like a voodoo doll on it, and like like he hexed him or something. And David was like, "Wow, get that off of me!" Woo! While I'm a walking freedom, he just put armor's great. David would one day wear armor and one day swing a sword. David said, "I've not walked in these and I've not tested these." We keep putting scriptures on and saying that didn't work. You can't treat the word of God like a one and done. Have you walked in it? And have you tested it? David didn't have a problem with the armor. He simply said, I've not walked in it, and I've not tested it, and I don't walk in anything and test anything that God has not given to me. One day I will wear that, but for today, i got to stick with what's worked for me. And it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a moment of simply looking at what you walk in and what you test. You can't just put faith on every once in a while and say it doesn't work. You can't just tithe every once in a while. You can't just preach every once in a while. But Paul said, 
you got to put on the whole armor of God like a belt. You can't just wear it around every once in a while. You got to put truth on every day. You got to put on righteousness every day. That breastplate, baby, needs to be on you every day. You got to put it on. You got to wear it. It's clothing. If you go into battle, you got to put on salvation every day. You got to put on the gospel of peace on your feet every day. You got to put up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God every day. Paul said, put it on. You got to wear it every day. It's got to be clothing. It's got to be who you are. You got to walk in it. Just like clothes are an extension of who you are. It's quiet in here. You got to put it on. Put it on. You got to put it on. David simply saying, I have not put that on yet. Some of us take parenting tips. So what you got to do with your kids is you got to sit them down. You got to rah, 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 Maybe that could be armor. What you got to do with your kids, you got to have an intervention. That's what you got to do. You got to get it old-fashioned. And what happens is we just put armor on each other. We get to take that off. So what's God speaking to you? Get into the tent. Maybe you need to take him to Disneyland. Or maybe, like me, you need to have a staycation. This last week, we dug in the dirt. I said, You're gonna, we're going to work in this house, work with Dad, have some fun. I'm not going to pay you because you just you won the lotto being born in my house. Yeah. Costco stuff in the fridge. We're going to work together. We're going to dig. Don't put on some principle in Scripture like it's armor and it's going to work for you. Have you walked in it? I tried having family night and it didn't work. It's not a one and done. It's a walk in it. Test it. Walk in it. Some of you have never walked in the full armor. Have you ever looked at that verse and thought, what do I do with that? I put it on. And I put it on. It's a metaphor for walking in truth. Walking with righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Walking in salvation. I'm saved. I'm a sinner, but I don't lose my salvation. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I've got, I walk in the gospel everywhere I go. I walk in the good news. I walk in the peace. And I walk with the word of God. Like Jesus said towards the enemy, he used the word of God. Walk in the armor. I walk in the armor. I test it. When you test something, it becomes who you are. You're like, wow, faith works. Prayer works. Honesty works. Don't bring honesty into, I would recommend you do not bring honesty into a relationship unless you're going to put it on. Because you will go five steps backwards. (laughs) And the reason you're awkward in it is because you've not walked in it and tested it. So I just want to be honest for the first time in my life with you. And then people come see me like, dude, it didn't work. Well, of course it didn't work. You, didn't, you haven't walked in it and tested it. When you walk and you're like, you know what? I'm going to start being honest with God. I'm going to start being honest in my marriage. I'm going to be honest with my kids. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with my kids. I don't always know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't always know what to say. I want to be a good dad. I mean, some of that honesty, some of that authenticity is about to set you free. It's about to set your prayer life free. It's about to set your marriage free. Be honest, and I'm going to walk in it. I'm walking in it for me. I'm walking in it, and I'm testing it. 
Oh, the tent of meeting is a place of thanksgiving. David's in there, man. God's so good. He delivered me. God's so good. It's a place of praise. He delivered me. He's watched over me. It's a place of prophecy. The same God who delivered me from the lion and the bear, he'll deliver me. He'll deli- You'll start to notice in the presence of God there's a prophetic atmosphere. It's not me. It's not Phil. It's not the lighting. It's the Spirit of God. The same God who delivers you is about to deliver you. The thing you're facing, God's got it. He's for you. You'll start to sense a prophetic atmosphere. Whenever you're in the presence of God, that's why people that aren't prophetic or aren't the presence of God, they're looking at you going, you're you're just a positive Pollyanna. You're not realistic. And it's not that at all. It's a prophetic atmosphere. When you're in the tent, you start to know who you are. When you're in the tent, you start wanting to thank him. When you're in the tent, you want to start praising him. When you're in the tent, you start prophesying. Your kids need you to prophesy. Oh, they don't need another boring prayer meeting. I'm telling you that the 80s want their family night back. Some of you need to bring prophecy into your prayer meetings because your kids want the authentic presence and power of God. If you lay your hands on them. Let the spirit of the living God begin to prophesy through you to pull out the destiny that's on their life. Make family night cool. Bring in the power. Youth pastors just always ask me, how do I make my youth ministry cool? I say bring in the presence of God because that's what people want. They were created for heaven. They were created to worship. They're created for the presence of God. If you'll stand in the gap of heaven and hell and prophesy, their spirit will awaken. I don't believe in cool church. I believe in the church full of the Holy Ghost, full of power, full of praise, full of worship, full of hope, full of faith, full of testimonies, sinners saved by grace, making Jesus big. Get into the tent. Get into the tent. All right, sit down. I got a few more points real quick. Get into the tent. Get into the tent. Now that was reading David as us. You'll like this. This is creative, Brandon. Jesus was both God and man. So he died for us and as us, but he also died. So that's reading David as us. Now let's read David as Christ. Let's read this now through the perspective of Jesus. God's will must be received. He will not force his way into the tent. So David is Jesus, so we have to send for him. Say, Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. We have to, we have to receive him to sin for him. You have to wait on him. Why do we wait on him? Because he's already spoken. He's already moved. He's already made a way. So in some ways we're responding and in another way we're waiting and receiving, making ourselves available, saying, Holy Spirit, come. Isaiah says it this way. 
Isaiah 40, he gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, that, that, that word wait has more to do with like a, like a waiter. Do you need water, Lord? Do you need my heart, Lord? Do you need those crumbs removed, Lord? Do, 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 do. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. But the soul in us says, no, I can't. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy. I failed. I failed. I always fail. I'm full of fear. I'm full of insecurity. I, I care about what people think. I can't. I'm no good. It's not my no. And we resist it. And when the spirit of the living God shows up, when the Holy Spirit shows up, you know what the Holy Spirit does? He breaks condemnation. We put it on ourselves. We say, no, I'm not worthy. But when the Holy Spirit shows up, he begins to remind us, hey, remember why you're here. Remember what I delivered you from. I delivered you from the paw of the lion. I, re- I delivered you from the bear. And the same God who delivered you back then, the same God who delivered you in high school, in college, and in your mother's womb, the same God that delivered you then will deliver you now. The same God that saved you and healed you will save you and heal you today that's what God does that's what the Holy Spirit does he says the same God he'll remind you of how he healed you he'll remind you of how he touched you he'll remind you of what he spoke to you at summer camp he'll remind you of your passion he'll remind you of your salvation he'll remind you he'll remind you of what he saved you from he'll remind you that you could have died in that car wreck he'll remind you you could be in prison you could be dead he'll remind you the same deliverance that i delivered you from back 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 with the lion is the same God who will deliver you now with what you're up against today I'll deliver you I'll deliver you I'll deliver you I'll deliver you and whenever you come into the presence of God no Jesus you can't no you can't you can't David representing Jesus says I can he shows you your testimony reminds you of what he did in your life reminds you how he touched you spoke to you and you return to the joy of your salvation you become less judgy (laughs) like that's right God you did that in my life you gave me my wife you gave me my kids you gave me this ministry you gave me my job you gave me my health you gave me hope you gave me salvation you gave me the Holy Spirit that's right the soul in us then says, go, go, go. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You sense the Holy Spirit in this place? That's how it works. Come into the meeting. We respond. We receive. We wait. Holy Spirit starts to remind us of our prophetic call in our life. I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. I've got a plan. I'm just getting started. Yes, okay, okay. Some of you are getting even visions right now. And you're like, is that, is that me? Is that the devil? I'm telling you right now, the devil does not put vision, visions of greatness in your life. Some of you are just getting started. Some of you are just getting started. 
and you feel guilty but the bible says who he has he who has much much more will be given much more will be given don't compare you run your race you run your race you run your race and what god has called you to do so the holy spirit's moving in this place reminding us of who he of who he is and what he's done in our life some of you right now are forgetting some of the things but you're remembering wow that's right god healed me that that's right that's right god i was i could have gotten that car and that car got in a car wreck that's right (laughs) Some of you are reminded of the house that God gave you and the business that God gave you and the mind that God gave you and the gift that God gave you. So all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts to stir that up and then here's what we do. We say, whoa, that's right, God's good. And we put our armor on him. We put our limitations on him. We put our ideas on him. We put, we put our plans on him. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do, God. Um, so what God does is he takes it off. He says, no, no, I don't. I'm going to take off the limitations. I'm going to take off the ideas. I'm going to take off what your image is of me. I'm going to take off what you think I am, what someone told you about me. I'm going to take off my armor right in front of you. I don't need you to help me out on this one. I'm going to take off my armor and show you who I am. God is about to show you who he is. He's about to take off every lie that we put on him. He's about to take off every expectation, every limitation, every false idea. God is about to transfigure before your eyes and show you who he is. He's Get it off of me. Get it off of me. I'm about to show you my glory. I'm about to show you who I am. I don't need you right now to help me be me. God says, just get it off of me. I'm about to show you who I am. I don't need your help. I just need you to be willing. I just need you to let me show you who I am right now. I just need you to let me show you who I am. I am the lion of the tribe of Judah. And what you need to do, Spurgeon said this of truth, you just need to let the lion out of the cage. All you got to do is stop trying to help God right now and just let God be God. Just from the front to the back, just let the Holy Spirit take off everything that you put on him and let him be God. God said, let me be God in your marriage. Let me be God in your life. Let me be God in your body. Let me be God with your kids. Let me be God in this church. Let me be God in this city. Take it off of me. I'm about to show you who I am. I'm about to show you my presence. I'm about to show you my glory. I'm about to show you. I'm about to open a door. I'm about to close the door. You're about to get a phone call. I'm going to show you who I am. Just let me be God. I'm about to fill you. I'm about to show you I'm about to speak to you. I'm about to let you know I'm God. I'm God. I'm God. This all happens in the tent. In the tent. In the tent. In the tent. We see God. What happened at camp? God. What happened at church? God. What happened in the prayer meeting? We met with God. What happened when you started reading your Bible? We met with God. What happened when you started inviting your friends to church? We were just talking about God. What happens when you worship together? We we're just talking about God. What happens at the small group? We're just, we're just talking about, we're just talking about God. We're just talking about God. Church is a tent. Prayer is a tent. It's a meeting. Praying with your kids is a tent. Reading your Bible is a tent. Worship is a tent. Saul and David met in the tent. 
Gethsemane. Get, Gethsemane was a tent. Jesus stood in this, this meeting with his father and he said, I want to do this. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. It was a tent of wills. It was a tent of desire. He said, nevertheless, why? Because when you come into the tent, it's his will be done. It's his presence wins. When your fear meets faith, faith wins. When insecurity meets the confidence of a sovereign God, he wins. When my plans go up against his purpose, he wins. When my words meet his words, his words win. When my shame meets his grace, grace wins. When my judgment meets his mercy, mercy triumphs over judgment. When my presence and my shame and my lies come into the tent, he wins. Grace wins. The glory of God falls in the tent. The glory fills the tent. Angels fill the tent. His word triumphs in the tent. He heals in the tent. It's the tent. Life is in the tent. When death meets life, life wins. When sickness meets the blood, blood wins. The the blood wins. Listen, when the... When the spirit of fear meets the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wins. When the spirit of sickness and death comes into contact with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says demons tremble at the name. Sickness trembles at the name. My past trembles at the name. Oh, when the spirit of infirmity meets the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wins. When the spirit of fear Do you know the Bible calls it a spirit? The spirit of sickness? Spirit of death? The Bible always talks about it as a spirit. That's why oftentimes the disciples didn't even pray for people. They didn't pray for every sick person. They just say, come out. (laughs) Why is the word of God the command of the word of faith? Because they were full of the Holy Spirit. See, when the whole... Jesus came. John said that Jesus, Jesus came. Jesus walked amongst us. The word became flesh. Do you know what that means in the original? Some of you do. That Jesus tabernacled with us. When Jesus came, the earth was a tent. And Jesus came and met with us in the tent. And then Jesus went up. He said, I'm going up. But I'm also going in. And because I'm going up and I'm going in, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is now going to take every tent that's out here and I'm going to make you the tent. And so on the day of Pentecost, every believer became a tent and the Holy Spirit said, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost and now... 
And now God is going to take up residence in you, and you now don't have to meet out there. I'll meet with you in there because the Holy Ghost is coming, and the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, he said he was poured out in tongues of fire, and the Holy Spirit birthed the church because the church became me, and the church became you, and you became a tent, and you can go in any time you want get in the tent get in the tent holy ghost fill us holy ghost let my fear meet you let my insecurities meet you let my past meet you i want to be a tent I want to be a tent. I want to be a tent. I'm a tent of the Holy Ghost. I'm a tent of the Holy Spirit. Church, receive the Holy Ghost in this place. Let the power of the Holy Spirit fill you from the front to the back. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. You're a tent. You're a tent. You're a tent. You're a tent. You're a temple of the Holy Ghost. 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 Let the Holy Spirit fill you right now. Let every fear, let every fear, let every fear meet the Holy Spirit right now. Right now. Take off the armor. Let the Holy Spirit show you who he is. Fill this place. Fill every tent. His manifest presence can hit a tent. But you need to know his presence is in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. Just receive it right now. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him fill you. Just take a moment. Say, here I am. Here I am. He says, you're a tent. I meet with you now on the inside of you. I meet with you on the inside of you. There it is. Let the Holy Spirit do it. Some of you have done your Christianity in serving Jesus, but you've never served Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's job is to remind you You've been doing so much of this on your own strength. Let the Holy Spirit come and fill you right now. Fill you right now. Let him fill you right now. We're Holy Spirit people. We're Holy Spirit people. Well, let him heal you right now. Let him heal you right now. Let him heal you right now. Bad church experiences, bad doctrine, bad ideas. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was people. But right now, the Holy Spirit wants to show you who he is. Relinquish. Relinquish. Come into the tent. He's in you right now. Let him fill you. Let let him fill you. Let every lie of the enemy come in contact with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit drive out sickness in this place. Let the Holy Spirit drive out every spirit of infirmity right now. Let the Holy Spirit drive out every insecurity. Every Some of you have so much shame and guilt. Let the Holy Holy Spirit wash you by the power of the Holy Spirit. The job of the Holy Spirit is to comfort and to to show you who you are in Jesus. I'm telling you, there's a washing. There's a baptism of fire about to hit this place. Get ready, get ready. Right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, let the fire of the Holy Ghost fill you right now, right now, 
now, right now, right now, every person in this place set free by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in your God-given destiny. Take it. The Bible is about to come alive. Freedom is about to hit you. The power of the Holy Spirit is about to fill you right now. Ho, ho, ho. Holy Ghost, fill this place. 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 Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Some of you read the Bible and it's not alive. If that's you, you want to come up here, you want to just receive in your seat. That's how we're going to close here in a minute. I just want, if you, if, you, if, you, if you need the Bible to come alive to you, just come on up here. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. If you want to speak in tongues, just come on up here. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you and give you your prayer language. If that's you, just come on up here. If you're sick in your body right now, the Holy Spirit just wants to fill you. If you've never felt the presence of God, the Holy Spirit just wants to fill you right now. Whew. Holy Spirit. If you, if, you, if, you want, if, you want, if you want that power just come on up here right now. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. If there's anxiety and there's, there's weakness, just let the Holy Spirit come on up here. Break that chain right now. If there's night tears and fear, demonic presence in your life or in your house, just come on up here. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to break that right now. It's going to break that right now. If there's anger and negativity, there's a root, even a, even a, a generational dysfunction that needs to be broken Come up here right now. Let the Holy Spirit just fill you. You never know what to say. The Holy Spirit wants to loose your tongue this morning right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Just come on up here. Some of you want to preach the gospel and you want to be set on fire. Just come on up here. Let the Holy Spirit just fill you right now. Holy Spirit, fill right now, right now, right now. Holy Spirit, just let him do it. Let him do it. Just receive it. Let him breathe in this place. Let him breathe in this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this woman of God. God, put your hand upon her. Set her on fire. Lord, you do it. You're about to show her your glory. You're about to show her your glory. Lord, fill her with your glory. Fill her with your presence. Right now, purpose. There's going to be fresh purpose. You're going to be so excited. There's purpose coming to your life. There's a plan coming to your life. There's ministry coming to your life. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name, fill her Holy Spirit. Fill her Holy Spirit. Fill her Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, just fill right now. Fill them up right now, Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, we just receive. We just receive right now. Holy Ghost, we just receive right now. We just receive right now. We just receive right now. Holy Spirit, we just receive right now. Just one more moment. Just one more moment. Every person in this place, maybe just put your hands out or your, your, your hands on your heart right now and just let God be God. Just learn to respond to him. Learn to receive to him. We're people of the presence of God. We're people of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that birthed the church. Just right now, let him come on you. Just, just receive it in your spirit. Just say, God, here I am. Say, God, here I am. Let him just fill you right now. Just even talk to them a little bit. Say, God, just fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Let him just fill you right now. 
from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Let the power of the Holy Spirit just fill you. He just wants to show you that he's got it. He's in control. He's in control. Relinquish control to the Holy Spirit. Church, just say, Holy Spirit, I give you my life. I give you my, I give you my marriage. I give you my kids. I give you my house. Lord, would you take over? Would you take over? Holy Spirit, would you take over? Would you come in like a mighty rushing wind? Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Oh, would you fill me? Would you fill my life? Would you fill my past? Oh, receive it right now. Oh, just open up your heart. Just open up your spirit and say, Holy Spirit, come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Oh, get hungry. Get hungry. Get hungry. Get hungry. Let him speak to you. Oh, let him show you. Let him let him wash over you. Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. Here he comes. Open up the heavens, open up the heavens, open up the heavens. Holy Ghost, fill us up, fill us up, fill us up, fill us up. Fill this region, fill this region, fill every church, fill every home. Holy Spirit. One of the greatest proofs that the Holy Spirit is working in your life is you take these moments And these are simply tent moments where you're like, here I am. It's the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Right now as the Holy Spirit comes on you, sometimes we want a more powerful experience. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is filling, washing, peace, truth. This is the beginning Right now, you are walking in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and you're testing it. You're going to start to notice right off the bat the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, righteousness, peace, joy. Some of you are simply just going to be receiving joy right now, just some joy, just some kindness, just some kindness. There it is, waves. It's just waves of the presence of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, this church, like really any New Testament church, is birthed by the Holy Spirit. It's people that mess it up. It's people that want it safe. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that allow us to walk like Jesus and we just need to meet more because we're the temple of the Holy Spirit it's not spooky but would you promise me as a church we commit to being Holy Spirit people that this isn't going to be an armor thing for us as a church all right well that was nice you know once a year on Pentecost Sunday (laughs) We're just Holy Spirit people. It just means we, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's very clear in Scripture. And we are learning to stop, to meet with God. Because we're thankful for the corporate tent. We're thankful for all the tents. But we're so thankful that God made us a tent. And the Holy Spirit's in us. And he says, get in the tent. Be with me in the tent. We love you so much. Easter's next Sunday. Get excited about the Holy Spirit using you to preach the gospel.
We're going to sing this one more time. If you want some prayer, come on up here. If you want to just kneel, grab a seat. Just linger this morning, hang out. If not, get out of here. We love you so much. But if you want some prayer, come on up here. Come on up here.